Welcome to the Sent from Disneyland podcast. Here age relives fond memories of the past. On this podcast, we'll take a journey to the past and explore Disneyland and Disneyland history with mementos, snapshots, and postcards sent from Disneyland from 1955 to the present. I am your host, your post-host, Clocky, and today I'll be sharing with you two postcards sent from Disneyland. The front of our first postcard has the Skull Rock Waterfall near Storybook Land in Fantasyland. In the background, you can see a seating area for the Chicken of the Sea pirate ship. On the back it reads, Pirate's Cove, Skull Rock at Pirate's Cove in a lush tropical setting where guests may enjoy a relaxing moment as they visit Fantasyland in Disneyland. It's postmarked August 15th, 1963, and I assume they visit the park on Tuesday, August 13th, when park hours were from 9am to midnight. The weather was a high of 89 and a low of 57. Park attendance that day was 44,416. It's addressed to a Mrs. Kreider Bice of Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. It reads, Thursday, August 15th, 1963. I didn't know how dull my life was until I started writing two postcards a day. One to you and one to Dad. I can't think of anything interesting to say in that much space. And I'm assuming that you and he exchange cards when you visit him, and find out all the news that way. Stan is on vacation now, so I have the place to myself, and lots of work to fill the time. After Disneyland opened in 1955, there were still attractions and design elements that Walt wanted to add to the park. In Fantasyland, this included finishing the Alice in Wonderland attraction and Casey Jr. There is also space for additional theming around the Chicken of the Sea pirate ship. In 1960, designers added an eating area behind the pirate ship and Skull Rock next to Monstro. Skull Rock included expanding the lagoon where the pirate ship resided. The area was given two names based on guidebooks and maps in the 1960s, Pirate's Cove and Skull Rock Cove. Skull Rock was designed as a skull-shaped waterfall with water pouring from its mouth and jagged teeth. At night, the skull's eyes would glow green. Skull Rock and the Cove did not survive the 1983 New Fantasyland refurbishment. Skull Rock was just a few yards away from where Monstro still sits today and would be near the middle of the current Dumbo queue. The front of our next postcard has the Mark Twain heading back to the dock just before sunset. You can see the waterfalls from Cascade Peak pouring into the rivers of America. On the back, it reads, Mark Twain at Dusk. Dusk comes to Frontierland as the Mark Twain steamboat makes its way past Cascade Mountain on a peaceful trip along the rivers of America. It's postmarked March 23, 1967, and I assume they visit the park on Wednesday, March 22nd, when park hours were from 9 a.m. to midnight. The weather was a high of 74 and a low of 53. It's addressed to the Rossett family of San Mateo, California. It reads, Howdy! We went to Disneyland last night and saw everything. Today we are going to Marine Land and Friday we are going to the Pacific Ocean Park at Santa Monica. See you Sunday night, Paul. If Paul did see everything at Disneyland, he should have been able to ride Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates opened four days before his visit on March 18, 1967. Although New Orleans Square had opened in July of 1966, the Pirates of the Caribbean was not ready for guests. Walt delayed the opening of the attraction, but unfortunately passed away three months before its opening. When it did open, Pirates boasted having 64 human audio animatronics 
and 55 assorted animals from dogs and cats to pigs and parrots and even some donkeys and chickens. Multiple Imagineers mentioned that Pirates of the Caribbean is the benchmark which all other attractions are judged. During its 25th year anniversary, Mark Davis mentioned, You always hope that anything you build will be a big hit. And I think we had a feeling that this one would be a success. But to be as popular now as when it opened, that was too much to hope for back then. The attraction has had some changes, but it still follows the original 1,838-foot flume track and continues to be a must-ride attraction when visiting the park. Thanks for listening to Sent from Disneyland. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. It would also help to leave a five-star rating and comment on whatever podcast platform you use. If you would like to support the show financially, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sentfromdisneyland. A special shout out to e-ticket patron Tania, C-ticket patrons The Riley Family, Debbie Weinstein and Brian Crawford, and a special shout out to Random Olive, the first patron of this podcast, and the A-ticket patrons Elise Sharp, Zelot Infinity, Claire Voigtlander, Alexis Robles, Angela Niblock, and Maggie and Henry Byers. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sent From Disneyland or on Twitter at Sent From Disney. For questions and comments, send me a postcard addressed to Sent From Disneyland, P.O. Box 44, Hood, California, 95639. This podcast is not affiliated with Disney, the United States Postal Service, or any post office or Disney properties. Opinions expressed on this podcast belong to its hosts and the guests of the Sent From Disneyland podcast.